Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. We still haven't sorted out the awkward bit looking into the camera. Bordy actually even gave us a couple of seconds without the music queued up just to make it even more awkward this week. But look, this week we are going to talk IPL. We're approaching the halfway stage in the tournament. Um, The lineups all changed. The leagues all changed. People in form are not in form anymore. People who weren't in form are in form. We're going to talk IPL exclusively on the Top Order podcast, but I'm sure Lippy will squeeze in a Rickerton story or two. All coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. I really like what you did with the papers shuffling, by the way. It was very morning show. I liked it. Oh, oh. it was important stuff. Mm. Yeah, we're a super sustainable podcast. We are. We? It's, yeah. it's a lot harder to shuffle a phone, um, I've found. <laughs> Unless you've got an iPod shuffle. Yeah, and then it was, that's more of a wave than a shuffle. Anyway, should we, get, should we talk about cricket? <laughs> Let's talk about, okay, cricket. Let's talk about cricket. So... We are at the halfway stage in the IPL, uh, IPL 16. A um, little bit of a change, I guess, over the course of last week. Um, Rajasthan's form seems to have just sort of waned a little bit. Mm. I'm sure we'll talk um, about all of the, yeah, all of the sort of the games that have gone on. We've certainly seen more and more fireworks, some more exciting finishes, mm-hmm. some more big scores as well. But we've crowdsourced a few questions, haven't we, Stu? So I think you are going to be master controller in terms of the questions that have come through on our social channels so um i'm gonna hand over to you where where do we want to start with the, with the listener questions this week uh well yeah so yeah i guess anyone who interacts with us on socials it's usually me which is why all the content is generally new zealand based and i'm shouting <laughs> out all the new zealand players but um yeah so i've kind of crowdsourced a few questions from from all our different pipes that we uh that we operate and uh why don't we start with this one so amir from baltimore in the u.s asks what is KL Rahul up to? Will he ever understand that his strike rate is hurting his teams? Open it to the floor. What, cl- oh, what do he plays for look now, right? Yeah. He does. Okay, so they're third. So he's not, they're not getting hurt too badly by KL Rahul's but strike I, rate. I think we're talking about the last game, aren't we? Well, I think we're talking about the last... I'm sure Amir is talking about the last game, mm. but also I think at the last game in particular... But also in general, I mean, the, the the KL Rahul critics have been on him for a long time. I think if you look around, you know, the guy's averaged 50-plus for five consecutive seasons now. His strike rate is generally around 130, 135. Some of the other guys are around, like a Joss Butler, might, for example, might be around 145, 150. So you could argue that, you know, in recent years... I've always been probably a, a KL Rahul defender in the IPL for, for those reasons, but... The difference in that game, though, so let, let's put this into some context. So, uh, we, we, you know, we don't do a score card by score card called sort of wrap up of the IPL, but to give the context of this game, um, they were chasing, uh, chasing down the Gujarat Titans 135, mm. which is just over, what, nearly seven and over, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, score. Yeah. Um, and Rahul was going along at about seven and over himself. So, you know, has done almost half of the work. But has then got out at the start of the 20th over. So I think he was out on the second ball of the over. And they've then had, you know, a a serious um, uh, collapse um, in that over because everyone's got to come in and immediately put back to ball. Marcus Stoinis hold out first ball. Uh, Deepak Huda, the ball after that. Ayesh Pradani, I think, was the ball before that, actually. Mm -hmm. So if he'd have got the job done and struck at 100 or 105, you'd have said, well, he's paced his innings almost perfectly. Um, in a in a low scoring game, so I think if we look at this game in in context, it was really just how disappointing that he got out in the way that he did, which is he, you know he he chipped one almost yeah. to to uh, to deep long on, um, and, and that's put them in a position where 
there are other guys who got to come in and, and hit a boundary from ball one, which isn't what you should be doing. I think what Amir is trying to get out of us is, yeah, he was batting quite slowly, and if you're not winning games, then it shines on you that you know yeah. you've. But he did. You're right. He got half the runs and half the balls. I think he, you know, he did his job, batted through. I think the lesson to take out of this is. You know, when they talk about taking a game deep, you know, taking it down to that 20th over, you've probably got a target finishing it in that 19th, 19th over, over. Yep. not letting it go through to the last time. I think yep. that's the that's the That's the takeaway, take. right? Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, if you have a look at the rest of the scores in that particular match, if we're going to throw shade, Mayer's strike rate 126, Pundia 100, Poran 14, Bedoni 130, Huda 100. So no one else was striking at 175, making up for... Rahul's 111 strike rate but I think you're right if you're going to have that mindset that you're going to take the game all the way to the end you have to take it all the way to the end and win the game for your team and I think that's the fair criticism of KL Rahul not regardless of what his strike rate is if it's his job to take them to the end and Myers and Pandya and Puran and Stoinis and Huda and everyone else goes off around him and does all the fireworksy stuff and he does all the grafty stuff he has to be there at the last ball hitting the winning runs and if he's not then that's fair criticism of KL Rahul I think I think the thing about Rahul this year though that like I said I've always been a defender of him I think there's something, it does feel like something is going wrong for him now or something's not quite right. The, you know, you look at the numbers across what he's done, I rattled off all those other ones, averaging 50 strike rate, yeah, generally was around 130, 135. This year, averages down at 37, still very, very respectable for, a you know, an opener in, in T20 cricket, but that strike rate is down at 113, which, mm. you know, isn't really acceptable. I know that, you know, there are anchor roles and all that kind of stuff, but the bizarre thing is that when I first saw KL Rahul was that series that he came to New Zealand, I think, and he just smashed it everywhere. He was batting, mm. I think, four or five, came in and just, like, I remember him as a destructive cricketer, and I still feel like that that's in him. You see that, those shots in him. But I think I saw the other day he's had two, he's played out two maiden overs for the first time in his, you know, in his IPL career mm-hmm. as the first over of the game. He's not really making the most of that power play, even in this game. I mean, you know, you guys, you know, defended the the fact that he got he could have got them to the end, and he got them to the twentieth over, scored half the runs, but they were cruising. They needed thirty runs off thirty five balls, and like yeah, Raj you said, you've you got you got to win. You got to yeah. win that in the eighteenth or the nineteenth. You you don't you're not taking that deep. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, as I said, I think if they'd have got the runs, no one would really be be too fussed. But he should have been looking to finish it, particularly when you're chasing 130. So, the, you know, the wicket was slow, let's be honest. It wasn't a great spectacle of cricket. Um, but if you're going to have that kind of paced innings, I think that's where that conservatism means that you, you do try and get it done with you know with plenty of time to spare because you know it was proved how difficult it was for those guys to come in and try and hit boundaries from ball one Mm. and in fairness you know five and two versus four and three is the is the current separator between first and sixth yeah exactly like those kinds of games can have big impacts when it comes to the back end of the tournament yeah you can't afford to be losing that games and I, i yeah it seems to me like someone who's almost afraid to get out and i don't know what like you can't be a t20 opener who's afraid to get out. So I do think there's something going on. It's obviously something to, to monitor for the rest of the tournament because he's such a crucial player for them and they're a good side. While we're on Look Now, was there another question on Look Now players that we should cover while we're talking yeah. about them? There is, yes. Yeah, so, mixing the Gatorade. Yeah, Chris, Christian from Pretoria wonders, where, where, when are LSG going to select Quinton de Kock? Which, you know, here's a guy who just scored, I think, a 40-ball 100 from whenever it was against... 
I forget who they were playing. Yeah, it was, so it, it was, it was West, Indies, West Indies. Yeah, mm-hmm. West Indies. And it was at altitude and everybody went air miles. It was, yeah, a game with a lot of runs. But yeah, mm. a, fair, a fair comment. So, yeah, who, who wants to who wants to answer how they would balance their side? Balder, you're, you're a man for permutations, I think. Well, I mean, if you have a look at the, the series that Puran is, is having, so the, the current overseas players that are betting... Uh, uh, um, Kyle Mayers at the top of the order has effectively replaced Quinton de Kock. Mm. Puran is batting at the difficult number four position and Marcus Stoinis is the finisher. So mm-hmm. you would think that naturally de Kock would come in for either Mayers, who would drop down. I think or, that's who we would have thought at the start of the tournament, didn't we? We yeah. were all saying... Or for Puran and, and Mayers drops, right, drops from what... Because Puran's from? keeping wicket. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, but Puran's had a reasonable tournament, right? So his last, well, his tournament just, just so to, far. Just, Go to, ahead, just to come over the top of you there, Baldy. You can. Mayers, um, Stoinis, and, and Puran, they've actually scored almost half the runs for LSG, and they've scored at over 150 mm. strike rate. And yes. KR, who's probably got most of the rest of them. That's so. it. So that, that's your runs. Who are you going to replace there? You know, Mayers maybe, but he might bowl as well. He's a bowling option. Yep. Mm. I think the natural candidate to come out is Puran, but he's had a reasonable tournament, particularly at the start. 36, 32, 11, not out, 62 were his first four bats. So if you have a look at those first four games, he's he's done his job, right? Particularly in number four, which is tricky. Then he's gone sort of naught, 29 and 1. So the pressure might start to come on now for mm. Nicholas Puran if you've got a ready-made like-for-like replacement with Quinton de Kock, who could probably bat it for if he needed to. And I think you mentioned it, like they're third on the table already like, at the moment. So, yeah. you know, it's not like they're hitting the panic button. Well, and I think it's a you know it's still a long tournament, isn't it? There's still uh, you know sixty three, yeah. <laughs> so there's still a lot of time to go, and I think they can actually see how that plays out between Nicholas Puran and 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 Mayers. If Mayers keeps going, striking at one hundred and fifty, looking like a cross between I don't know. Brian Lara and Kevin Peterson, like and Mike Tyson, he's and built Mike, huge. Mike Ty- yeah, just keep 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 him going, and and Stoinis has chipped in with the ball as well through mm-hmm. the course of the tournament. So I think for me, if you're looking at that kind of balance piece, um, it's just unlucky for being late, isn't it, Quinton? They've, I guess so. They've got a, they've got a lot of time in the room of mirrors between games. So they played on April 22nd, and the next game is on April 29th. So they've got a week between matches. Their next game is against Punjab. I think that is a must-win game Good for game. Look now. If they're going to keep pace with Rajasthan, who they've just beaten, and Gujarat, who they've just lost to, who are the top two teams at the moment, they really need to win that game against Punjab and, and get their season rolling. Because then they've got RCB and CSK, who are also p- potential front runners. Well, I think that leads on nicely to our, our next question, because you mentioned uh, teams at the top of the table, and, and the one you didn't mention is uh, CSK. And I Don- just did. DoniFan18 had a very big question for us. <laughs> I, I, let, let's let, let's talk about you know I, I reckon this question is going to be pro Dhoni then. Well, it says it's actually about will it, will MSD retire after CSK win the title? So I guess it's saying CSK is going to win the title. Counting some chickens there is, yeah. the, is the announcement, but yep. you know it, you know is he going to go out and use those big guns of his to lift those lift that trophy? He has been in the gym, hasn't he? Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm yeah, very very impressed. But yeah, uh, they they're coming good. CSK, I know there was a little bit of doubt to start with, but boys, how real do you think this is? Okay. Well, do you want to go, Raj? I think we're going to get back to Devin Conway at some stage, but I just think that everyone's standing up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Guy Quad's batting well, Conway's batting well. You could name a number of different batsmen mm. there, and they're doing the job with the ball. So they're, they're just doing the simple things and doing them well. well. A Jinka Rahane. 
Yeah, he's the other one. We were, we were talking earlier on about KL Rahul coming onto the scene as a destructive batsman. Has Rahani reinvented himself? I mean, oh my goodness me! Some of that hitting recently has been has been been amazing. But we've got we've got a question about that later. Oh, on. we can throw it in now. We might as well throw it in now because yeah, T Man from Norwich asks: Is Ajinka Rahani the man to baseball India to the World Test <laughs> Championship, mates? I mean, it is incredible the stuff he's doing at the moment. Like, what was it? Seventy off about twenty nine balls or something mm-hmm. in the in the last game? Yeah. I this is just a Rahani I've never seen before. I didn't know that he had it in his locker. He's just smashing it to all parts. And, like, I don't know. There's a gap in that side now, that India side with Shreyas Iyer in at number five. It's kind of ridiculous to say, you know, number, you know, smashing it to all parts in T20 cricket can get you into the test side. But test cricket's a different game now, isn't it? It so, is. But before we get too carried away with the CSK form here, let's have a look at the teams that they've beaten so far in the competition. How far back do I have to go? That's April 3rd. Hang on, let me go back and find their form. So, we'll edit this out, shall riv- we? Riveting podcast. No, no, shut up. <laughs> you right. you want to filter they, on that, by they, way. they lost to Gujarat. <laughs> they lost. They beat LSG. They beat Mumbai. They lost to Rajasthan. They beat RCB and they've beat Sunrisers. That's a bit of a mixed bag, really. They've lost to the two losses have been against reasonably good teams, but they mm. have beat some reasonably good teams themselves. So, I don't know. I'm not sure that this CSK run of form is real yet. Like their next couple of games are Rajasthan again, then they play Punjab, then they play LSG again. If they win the two big games against LSG and the Royals, I think we do have a case that this form from from CSK is genuine. I think they may be flattering to deceive, to borrow a phrase from you, Adam, a little bit so far, even though they're five and two. Yeah, and look, and I think we've we've highlighted a lot of the batting lineup there. Obviously, Gaikwad, Conway, we've talked about Rohane. From a bowling perspective, relying quite heavily on uh, Ravi Jadeja. Mm. Uh, Moen Ali, I think, is probably their next best bowler from a, from a stats perspective. Mm. So I think they're probably going to need to, as the tournament goes on, um, you know, get particularly, you know, some some seaming up there. I think Dishpande's bowled okay. Uh, an injury too. That's yeah. been the problem. They've had all these injuries, right? Stokes is injured, Chahar's injured. Yeah. And they, they've, like you say, though, they've managed to kind of step up. Like mm-hmm. Patirana's come in and done a nice and job. And that's what you've got to do, right, is, you know, keep yourself in it. Because we know, we, we talked about this at the start, we, we still think the Delhi Caps are gone in terms of the tournament. I think they've only won one game now. Mm. Um, but we were talking about this and, you know, there's teams that can, go on a roll and it's a it's a tournament where you can just get that momentum you play every couple of days um there's a you know the double headers at the weekend so all of a sudden you know a week really really changes things Mm -hmm. if if you win three games in that in that period of time so uh, look uh, whilst they can hang in there as long as they that they can um i think they're going to need to find a little bit more with the ball i think if they're gonna um if msdn is going to be flexing those biceps and getting those uh getting those traps up Mm. well I, I, i think you mentioned baldy earlier that they're just a team built on all-rounders. Mm. You know, and we talked about this a long time ago when we were talking about the changing shape of 2020 cricket, just having eight all-rounders. If you have the luxury to bet Ravi Jadeja down at seven or eight in mm. a 2020 comp, mm. like, they just bet all the way down. It doesn't matter if you lose wickets early on. It just means, oh, you're bringing in uh, Ben Stokes or you're bringing in uh, Ravi Jadeja or... Uh, or Shivam Dubé, who's played well. MSD. MSD, yeah. who's who's striking at almost 200. I think before last night's game was actually leading, you know, the leading strike, strike rate, rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in the tournament. And look, interesting question, and I'll, I'll throw it back at our Donny fan or anyone else in the socials. D- does he, because he's got a habit, hasn't he, of deciding when he's in enough form to, to get himself up the order and actually influence the game batting at, 
you know, maybe three or four, or, you know, you, you might even see him come out and open the bat and he's, he's that kind of guy. Be interested to see what fans think about whether or not MSD is going to play this role where he comes in with a view of, you know, he's going to try and hit every ball for six and strike mm. at 200, or is he still good enough to come in and do a job at, at four or five? So that's a mm. question uh, back to listeners on the socials. Let us know what you think MSD might do throughout the and course of the tournament. And he has played every game, hasn't he, so far, I think, which is one of the questions we, we had, had in, yeah. our, in our warm-up. How many, how many games was he going to play? The answer so far is all of them. And and just to finalise the question for Dhoni Fan, do we do we think this is the, the final season that we see MSD? I, I actually had in my notes last week for our, for our chat, <clears throat> do India throw out a, an SOS to Dhoni? Because there's no, uh, you know, Rishabh Punt doesn't appear to be coming back anytime soon. Hopefully his recovery although, does go well. Although but, Riddham and Saha are going really well in this tournament. Yeah, he might just yeah. be putting his hat in the ring with Ish, uh, Ishan mm-hmm. Kishan as well. Um, I think he plays. I think he plays. I think he plays another season. Yeah, yeah. I think he just decides six weeks out from the tournament if he wants to play. He's obviously been spending some time in the gym. Looks hmm. super fit, doesn't he? I think L- he'll go around again. Look, I, I don't think they win the title though. That, oh, was, that was the other half of the question. I agree with that as well. You've you've sewn up. The We've lost the fan. Yeah, uh, we, right, we, we, we will with stay with CSK and we'll okay. finally get to talk about some New Zealand stuff because uh, there's one from Wellington, more a statement than a question from Jimmy, who says Devin Conway is the best all-format player in the world. Discuss. Well, Mr. Nisham, uh, we agree, <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love to have you on the podcast. Please join us. Yeah, no, I think I texted you after he got that uh, eighty odd or seventy odd. Couple, keep up this, yeah. the scores are just <laughs> flying, flying along four fifties in a row now I think he just looks so classy he can play cricket he's, he's got that sort of Ricky ponting s technique but he can still play it all the way around the ground and he does things like running the ball between short third man and backward point like yeah. it's, it's just really good mm. to watch um, he, yeah. and I think that he's averaging I did have a look at his actual averages mm. he's averaging 50 in test cricket 45.8 in one-day cricket and 45.7 in, in 2020-I cricket. That's pretty impressive. Mm, that is impressive. And I, I was trying to think of, yeah, who who are, our other, who are our other candidates? I mean, you know, it was one, once upon a time, I think Coley had 50-plus in all three formats. Yeah. I don't know what Baba's is. Baba Azam, he's certainly got to be up there. Feels like he's been up and down a little bit of late in the last 18 months or so. But yeah. there was a time when he was really dominant. But in terms of like the guys that actually play all of those three formats, there's there's not a lot of them that are up there. I'm probably you know missing someone, but I mean Conway actually, as as ridiculous as it might sound, I feel like he's got to be up there, and and he just d- delivers. I mean honestly, the, yeah, the way he took apart Janssen in that in that yeah. game was just fantastic. Mm. He's just got all the shots all around the ground, and the weird thing is, I still feel like when you watch him that he has. A quite obvious weakness on that inside edge of his mm. bat when you know that people come around the wicket to him target that inside edge of the bat and he has got out a few times there but the margin for error for those guys is just so small isn't mm. it because you're a fraction outside off he smashes you through the covers you're straight he hits you down the ground you're he's less, got that flick off his legs you're less likely to get that ball in 2020 cricket I guess that's probably mm. more of a test cricket weakness yeah. test cricket weakness but mm. yeah certainly yeah. the most informed cricketer at the moment that's what I would say. I think it, definitely there's no arguments on current form. But really? What about Faf? Yeah, well, look, Faf's we'll looking there, good, but he's, sure. he's, well, not, Faf's, he's, Faf's he's not playing all three format. formats, is he? Sure, sure. Um, but Faf's in pretty good he's form. He's pretty good He's form. in very good form, and Pat should be playing more than one format. Yeah, yeah. We'll and I, I, I just, look, it's one of those things, you, you don't want to sort of, you know, rain on someone's parade, but we've talked about how quickly that can change in the mm-hmm. IPL. Uh, he gets run out, you know, he has a couple, you know, a, a couple of low... 
uh, low scores and it's a slightly different conversation but certainly the form he's in at the moment is pretty pretty scintillating and as a he's batter he's got momentum he's got the big mo hasn't yeah. he well for Jimmy's sake let's hope it continues Touchwood that Damon Conway <laughs> continues to, to have a bit of good form and, and Jimmy can continue watching him Next question. Absolutely. Uh, okay, this one will change tack a little bit. Big Bopper from Tiawamutu has kept it pretty short and sweet. Why do the Sunrisers suck? Um, I reckon you should answer this. Yeah. Do you? No, they're they're your your team, they're your Just as long as you don't sing the song. Well, there's no real motivation to sing the song at the moment. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I, I, I can't. I was so confident. I was really, really confident that they would be a good side. And. I think the thing is, like, I had tried to figure this out myself, and they've got no bowlers in the top 10, no batters in the top 20, only two batters in the top 40 in terms of strike rate, uh, Klaassen and Markram. Mm. Natarajan, Umran Malik are both going at 10s. Washington Sunday hasn't taken a wicket. Bhuvi Kumar has only got three or four, I think. They're just, just the guys aren't performing. I think it's as simple as that. When I run through all of their names, I still think they've got the side and they've kind of got the balance to to be a good team. There's, but there's five or six household names in their bowling attack. They're, I mean, there really yeah. is. They they should be they should be restricting sides a lot better than they are. I mean, they've let Rajasthan a good batting side got two hundred. Um, KKR got two hundred, but they won that game anyway. I, I don't know. It feels like that bowling attack is good enough to win half their games of cricket now two and four at the moment so you know they're only one game off that but mm. it just feels like their batting is which which we thought actually in the in the in the preview show yeah, we thought they were a bit so. light in the batting well I, I remember saying i think you know we just talked about csk right and all the the names in there that can win a game for you and we're saying maybe they're a bit light on mm. those match winners uh you know to win you six seven eight games on their own mm. um probably just a little light I think for me confused planning as well um, from from the Sunrisers so Harry Brook if I'm right um, and look I think he, you know he's a fantastic cricketer I think you'll you know I, I've long said he's, he's going to go on and have a pretty decent three format career maybe not quite as good as Devon Conway um, but yeah, he certainly you know burst onto the international scene mm. he was batting down at his normal position of four or five yeah. he struggled to get going all of a sudden they've thrown him up the top of the order he obviously scored 100 when he you know when he did that but I think when you've got that kind of thinking that, you know, one minute you've gone to an auction, you've picked up some players, this guy's going to bat at four or five, and then it's actually let's throw him up and see what happens when he opens. Mm. It just says to me, you know, that they're not necessarily set on what their game plans are. Um, and I think Janssen with the ball has been, you know, been really disappointing so far in, in this tournament. And look, that can happen to Seamus Carnet, uh, mm. particularly we've seen Lockie's got a bit of tap, even Joffre's got a little bit of tap. Um, you know, these are small grounds, big bats, or, or you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, they're gonna they're gonna need to really rally um, to turn that around. But as we've said, with everything, and I'm gonna give the same answer to all of these questions. Um, <laughs> a, a week's gonna be a long time in this tournament, and if you know, if they win the next three games, all of a sudden it's a different conversation around the Sunrisers next week, isn't it? I think your point about you know the muddled thing is is pretty fair in terms of uh, like what their how their t- site has come together as well because they're. Obviously, we've just named we've just named Markram, Class, and Janssen, three of their guys who they seem to be core overseas players. You know, personally, would be trying to get Phillips in there. I feel like he's got a lot to offer. Mm. Obviously, very biased in that in terms of the New Zealand perspective. But like those three guys were all late to the tournament, so you've you've picked your side, you've gone and you know you've figured out where the guy's batting. I think they had Ab- Abhishek Sharma opening the batting. 
and yeah, now it's all sort of changed again. And yeah, yeah. I, they just haven't found any rhythm throughout the whole tournament. And all the, all those players that we're kind of mentioning, those those big gun batters for uh, for the Sunrisers, they're all overseas players. Mm. Like you have a look up and down their roster. Where are the Indian players that are the household names that are the gun batters that can, yeah, Tripathi that can, hasn't, that hasn't can win quite you not going. Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, to be fair, Agarwal and, and Tripathi and Abhishek Sharma are there. But if you look at some of the other top elite sides in this tournament, mm. those those sides have got two or three gun gun Indian batters. Established Indian players, aren't they? Yeah. And, and they can win you big, big games. And I just think that, you know, these guys might win you two games a year. But that's not going to be enough, I think. Mm. And, and Glenn Phillips can't be far off getting back into that side. You would have thought if the form, their form does continue like this for the next uh, couple of games, they, they, you know, they're going to maybe have to say, "Well, Harry Brook, have a little, uh, have a little rest here. Uh, we're going to go with, you know, go with a Phillips. Um, it gives you a keeping option as well potentially. So um, could even be in there for Clarkson. I think would mm. be the other option. So. Mm. Um, yeah, to keep it New Zealand-based, Lippy, um, you never know. Might see Glenn Phillips with the gloves on. I hope so. Yeah, big game for them overnight against yeah. Delhi. Probably, yeah, by the time this pod comes out, we'll, we'll know how that's gone. But look, a lot. I think a loss for either of those two teams, and it's curtains. It's just about curtains, as yep. as just because the, the uh, table is so compressed, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right. Yeah. Do we really believe that, that a couple of games is curtains at this stage in the tournament? Well, I think I do in terms of the fact that because because everyone is so tight. Mm. I think if if uh, if it wasn't, if there were four teams streaking ahead, I would feel differently. But because then one of those teams can drop off and you can go on a run. But the fact that everyone is playing well, or you know everyone is kind of in the middle of the pack at yeah, least, yeah. Mm. means that everyone is still beating each other and they're kind of staying ahead of you even if you do win in some ways. And yeah. It's not like they're on a roll already. They have to create that yeah, momentum absolutely. first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look. yeah. Uh, okay we'll move on to something else this yeah this username is, is far too confusing to me for me to repeat looks like a random collection of letters and numbers so yeah may or may not be a bot but it's a good question so let's go with it is Ashdeep Singh the best death bowler of all time and I think that's that's obviously relating to the fact that he just no let's move on destroyed some stumps uh, the other night no simple as that not I've got two words for you Wazim Akram okay yeah, it's prob- probably fair. But like Carl Eunice. Um, just be a bit more current. Harshal Patel was quite good um, weather for RCB overnight as well. He was he the, was uh, very good. Uh, I do think it was pretty fun watching him smash those stumps. I saw that it, I think they cost 50,000 New Zealand dollars. The stumps? The, those, uh, those uh, whatever they are, the, the you know, the light up bales and the, um, the stump mics and all that kind of stuff. And he smashed the middle ones. That have all of that material in them, and he's smashed right. two and two in and over. So, um, very expensive day for the broadcasters. Phrasing this question slightly differently, is Ashdeep Singh as a genuine death bowler playing his way into India contention for for World Cup tournaments? Because India have got some really really good bowlers, established bowlers, but they're missing Jasprit at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Bhuvi Kumar has not been performing particularly well. Who's been a staple of their white ball side? I wonder if maybe his performance, like we saw with Tina Tarajan and a couple of other players who have kind of worked their way into the Indian side off the back of the IPL, maybe there's room for him as a genuine death bowler at the World Cup. Look, absolutely. And, and look, I, I said no just because no, he's not the best of all time. <laughs> um, but he, he certainly looks certainly impressed that, you know, the, the stats are there. I think we called him out in the, you know, in the preview show as well as, yeah. as one to watch. So, look, absolutely. And, and I think we've got a couple of questions like that. So maybe I think we, we can cover this Arshdeep question in with um, who else is playing themselves into potential uh, contention for, uh, yeah, for the Indian side. Because I think he, um, yeah, look, there's a number of players and the way that India have got 
gone recently is they have, you know, they've not been shy to blood players um, in their white ball formats and even in their test side. Mm. Um, you know, they've probably used more players, I would suggest, than any other cricketing nation over the course of the last three or four years. And they, they haven't made many bad picks, have they? There's not too many that are one test wonders. You look at someone like Aksa Patel's come in and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's a, he's a superstar. There's a number of people that have got given those opportunities they've just taken them. So, yeah, he could be another one of those. I do think in the white ball format, though, they kind of trip over themselves sometimes. Yeah. You know, too many riches. Well, they've not won a World Cup for a while, have they? Boys, boys, there's a question about on this. On this. Oh, there's a question. Sorry, yeah. I've ruined that. No, no, I? no, you haven't ruined it. You've led let's perfectly right into yeah, it. Let's, let's move it. I had it later, but let's move it now. So Rahul, Rahul Patel from uh, at Rahul Patel on NZ on Twitter asks, with the amount of talent on show in the IPL, what are your thoughts on India floating an A-team in white ball cricket and playing against the associate nations in an attempt to qualify for the World Cups? Deep sighs all around uh, the table. Well... I'm I'm trying to answer this question tactfully because off air I did not answer it. No, but let's start with the positive. Can, can, can I can I ask you to answer it the way you answered it off air? Because I thought that that is actually pretty close to the real answer. Well, I think India can talk about having. I mean, they've got the the, the deepest talent pool in world cricket. I think it's probably that's fair to say. However. They, at Duraj's point, they haven't won a World Cup in a long time. Mm. So maybe if they win a World Cup then we can start talking about having multiple sides, you know, in international tournaments. I think India need to get their first 15 in order and then we'll worry about, you know, whether or not there's an academic exercise as to whether or not they should be fielding two teams in a, in a World Cup. I don't mind the idea of to get to the World Cup as an associate nation, you have to beat the Indian second team <laughs> or beat the home team second team to get into the World Cup. Like if it was hosted in New Zealand or whatever, you have to beat New Zealand A to get into the World Cup. Mm. I don't mind that. That's just a fantasy exercise. That's, I'm not pretending that's a real thing. Um, but yes, India should win a World Cup and then we can start talking about um, whether or not they should have an A side in there. I, I, do, th I do think the idea of... Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, tend to agree about that, but I do think the idea of expanding a cricket is is sort of a good one, and I I don't know that uh, like I don't know we've got I don't know how you fit it in because we've got so much cricket and stuff going on, but the the idea that sides could actually come here and play New Zealand like I love the A program for New Zealand. I think it's played a you know huge impact in in our growth as as a cricketing yep, nation, hundred percent developing your talent yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, okay, say India doesn't want to play, you know, doesn't want to send aside to Zimbabwe or do whatever, doesn't want to play those nations, thinks they're above it and all that kind of stuff. What's mm. what's the harm really in saying okay, well we'll send an Indian A side or we'll I guess they kind of do that in various things That's anyway. Kind of happening sort of now, right? Up, but. But you know, like, why? I guess if the money was there, why can't some sides go and tour India and just play their A side or just play uh, New Zealand A or whatever? So, so that makes that makes A cricket exciting. Mm. So it, I can't remember who mentioned it off air. It was one of you guys. But the uh, the concept of having India A and India play in a, like yes. a tri tournament or a quadrangular tournament now there's some enterprise. There's some bums on seat four, stuff. Four contracts that would be great. Four, <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome. four, with some jeopardy but, on the line that but, would be incredible. Uh, we, we've had that in world cricket. Australia yes, used that was to fantastic. You, yes, it, it was fantastic unless you were probably in the Australia mm. team yes. because I think if you listen to a lot of the players, they found that. Uh, the A team got better support at the oh, MCG yeah. <laughs> in a game Australia because everybody loves an underdog. Loves, loves an underdog. So yeah. I'll answer the question and say 
even if they win a World Cup, that should never happen. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be pretty unequivocal with this. Um, World Cup is the best 11s from countries that are eligible to play in that. And no, mm. you can't have an A side as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any but it's, a, fa- it's I, a fantastic question because it's got us all talking oh, about. It, don't get me and, wrong. And disagreeing it, over it. I I, like it. I'd like to watch it on TV. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't think it should happen. Cr- cricketing Hunger Games. It would be great. <laughs> yeah. Great to watch. Wow. India versus India A. I, I do love the idea of more A cricket, though. Full, full, uh, yeah. full support of that idea. Let's let's go back to to Punjab, and um, because Jacques from Cape Town has asked, for, will Sam Curran be the next England captain at the T Twenty World oh, Cup? I love no, that. no, no. I think it will still be Joss Butler. I think he's you know he he's not having a a bad tournament for for Rajasthan. Um, I think he's going to be a fixture of that white ball side because I can't see him getting into. Um, or even wanting to get back into Test cricket, so until he retires, he is going to be a white ball player, uh, and I think he's got a couple of cycles in him. Um, has Sam Curran shown a massive amount of maturity in the last eighteen months as a white ball cricketer? We only need to look to that T Twenty World Cup. His death bowling was absolutely phenomenal. His batting in this IPL has been mm-hmm. um, sensational, and now as captain. Um, you know, in franchise cricket, he's putting himself in the shop window to, um, yeah, to give that sort of maturity. He's clearly a really, really good cricket brain. Um, so, look, absolutely a leader. Um, I don't think he'll be captain at the next T20 World Cup, though. And they, I was really surprised when I looked through his stats, actually, that he hasn't scored more runs for England in T20 cricket. He, I think his highest score is 24. I was going to say, is that an opportunity thing? It's a little bit of an opportunity thing. And, and look, I think it's that he hasn't necessarily blossomed in the way look that I thought he would and I had this conversation with you um, a long time ago and we won't repeat that because <laughs> it was a pretty outlandish comment from myself but he was in my view a better batting option than, than bowling option when he first burst onto the scene he's actually turned into a little bit of a guy that now um, you know, he's probably not quite got the wheels for, for test cricket um, as, as a left-arm seamer. And he's not really developed probably as a genuine um, four-day number six batter. Um, so, but in white ball cricket, he's obviously really, really explosive. But mm. yeah, I think he probably hasn't had those opportunities. And mm. one of the reasons he's probably not had those opportunities is because he's been playing international cricket um, rather than playing, you know, a plethora of first-class cricket where he would have probably developed his... Uh, certainly his batting, I think, a bit more um, mm. over the course of the last couple of years. But it's also with the strength of that white ball team England have had. You know, I, I watched... Um, was it Jason Roy, I think, overnight? Mm. Just absolutely destroying the ball. It's just incredible, the power he's got. And, you know, we don't think of him as... Well, me, I don't think of him as a first-picked white ball cricketer. You probably do, uh, opening the batting, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't at the moment, to be honest. It's yeah. incredible to watch yeah. the power anyway. England have got so many options mm. in, that, in that in that all-rounder space and in their batting space at the moment. It's just incredible. And we've talked about this as well, but at top of the order is the place to bat, isn't it? Mm. Like, that's, where, that's where you want to bat and everyone can't bat there, no? Mm. No, no. Oh, look, that, I mean, that innings he played last night and, and I guess I guess we've just had a question on Ashtip, we've just had a question on Sam Curran. I, I think that that the point of these questions coming up is probably the fact that Punjab is starting to put it together. And, mm, they uh, are. They're surprising you know. me. They're, they're performing a lot better than I kind of expected them to be. I expected them to struggle this year and they've, and they've been playing good. Mm. Um, Binksy, before we move off Sam Curran, is he in England's white ball squad for the World Cup? 15-man squad? Yeah. Okay. Good, strong. 
That's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I think it was player of the player of the tournament, wasn't it, in the T Twenty World Cup? Mm, T20. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just so, wanted to make sure that no one had gone past him and we got outside out of mind. I, I would say outside of Josh Butler. So if we, if we're doing that, I reckon they've already booked the airline tickets, and oh. I, th- I think he's in one B or one C. Okay, strong. in that business class lineup. Yeah, nice. Wow. Uh, okay, uh, and that team we haven't talked about too much so far on the podcast on this episode, at least. John from Sydney wants to know: Are Rajasthan in form or not? Great question. So I'll take this one because the last podcast we had, I said that they were, and then they lost three on the bounce. So <laughs> for all Rajasthan fans, I apologise. I shall make no further comments as to the form of the Rajasthan Royals for the rest of this tournament, other than to say that, uh, yes, I was directly responsible for them <laughs> losing their last two games. That's interesting. Yeah, I... Again, another side that I looked at last... Well, the, the start of this tournament, and again thought kind of... They're definitely going to be right up there at the top again. Started off really, really well. But when you look at their actual games that they've kind of won and lost, they did, they did beat you know CSK and, and Gujarat, but the other two wins are against Delhi and Sunrisers. Kind of, you know, sort of felt like they probably should have won that game last night against uh, against RCB. We're recording this on, on Monday night here in New Zealand time. Trent Bolt runs in, gets Coley first ball for his 100th uh, IPL wicket. was pretty mm. fun, but... Mm. Yeah, then it kind of just the wheels fell off a little bit, and I don't know. Yeah, it's they're a really hard side to put to get a handle on. I think at the moment it's an interesting one because now we're probably halfway into the tournament, there or thereabouts. You start to think, will they hit form? Not not, not mm. have they? It's will they because they have to start mm. getting that momentum turned around. You know, they need to show us something in the last few games. That that loss to RCB, the bowling, even though Trent Bolt got Coley first ball, and we know it was definitely out because Coley walked straight off yeah. without even looking to get a review or anything. Um, but they still put 200 and, yeah. oh no, 189 or whatever yeah, yeah, it was yeah. on. And it looked like it was going to be a lot more, but they yeah. pulled it back. I think the thing with Rajasthan for me is we, we, talk, we talked about this probably the first week, right? So... Um, at that point, I think Jaswal, Samson, Butler had all got runs. Mm. They've got players that, you know, how good was Padakal last year? Um, how good was Parag last year? Uh, Shimram Hetmeyer, we'll talk about him for a different reason a little bit later in the podcast. I think if, though, you know, one or two of those guys comes into some form and supplements what, you know, the quality that they've got at the top of the order, we, you know, mm. we talked about two losses, but Butler's scored runs almost every time he's batted. Jaswell's looks awesome. Mm. And then, then from a bowling perspective, Trent Bolt, Ravi Ashwin um, have been, you know, pretty good. So mm. I think they're closer to being in form than, than out of form. And if they can get another one of those batters in the middle order... Um, and, and maybe that you know maybe the fact that they've lost a couple of games and people have had an opportunity mm-hmm. to get out and bat might actually just help them go on a little bit of a run the next uh, the next couple of games. They've been involved in some really close games. If you yeah. have a look at the games that they've won and lost, so they have beat CSK, who are at the top of the table, and Gujarat, who we all yeah. all thought were a really good side. So they've beaten those two teams in close games. They've also lost close games to Punjab by five runs. LSG by 10 runs and RCB by 7 runs. So they're not getting smoked. The games that they've won big against the Caps and the Sunrisers, who are at the bottom of the table, they've smashed them. Yeah. yeah. So they're taking care of business against the teams lower on the table, but they are kind of, well, at this stage, there's sort of two wins, three losses against the other sort of top sides, Mm. but all of those games are close. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they just tick a little 1% here or there, as Adam says, Mm. they could could potentially go on a bit of a run. So I'm I'm not too concerned about about the Royals. I still think they're a good cricket side. Oh, I, I agree. You know, like I, I do think the one thing 
that is a little bit different. I'm sure there are other personnel things that, that have happened over the... I, I can't keep track of, of all the team movements, but I do think missing Prasadi Krishna is is a big loss for mm-hmm. them. Uh, you know, obviously he's an you know, international player, so fair enough, but like, it's sort of just that one... They do feel like they're missing that one... Maybe missing one steady bowler, you know, who just does the job. I know Sandeep mm-hmm. Sharma's come in, done a, a reasonable job, but yeah, Krishna, Krishna and Bolt up front always were very reliable you know Bolt takes yeah. the wickets Krishna was very reliable I, yeah I do think that they've they've felt that loss a little bit and if they can't find mm. someone to be that consistent other seamer then that's going to be tricky you guys mentioned RCB before and, and Faf the busted horse from the North Shore asks are Faf Duplessis and Trent Bolt the poster boys for so called T20 mercenaries living their best lives I can hear the person saying that too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's a little bit harsh, um, given the service that both of them have uh, have put for their respective cricket boards. I think Faf Duplessis obviously finished off as captain, didn't he? Um, and and, and did, did a great job, I think, for South Africa in let's be honest, some pretty tough times for them mm-hmm. off off the field from a political perspective. And Trent Bolt, look, has earned the right to to, to go and do that. Um, I know we'll have a few listeners disagree with us around that. You know, you should put your country at the pinnacle and all that kind of stuff. But we've talked about, I think, Baldy talks about intergenerational wealth to support, um, you know, multiple (laughs) generations of your family to succeed um, in the afterlife. So look, uh, look, I... I don't think you can you can have a have a crack at those guys and call them mercenaries, um, if unless you're being really really harsh. But look, I think what they're certainly showing is that more and more players are going to make that decision. And I think the danger is that more and more players start to do it when they've got probably a little bit more time left in their international tank. Let, mm-hmm. Let's be honest, Faf Duplessis had, had given away international cricket, um, ostensibly to go and play loads of franchise cricket. Trent Bolt probably had at least 18 months um, of n- no question that he was a three-format fa- player for the Black Caps. Mm-hmm. Um, what we don't want to see is guys at 28, 29 making that call mm-hmm. um, because then I think you know that 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 word could be used um but it's down now i think to the international boards to structure things so that they um probably go the other way now and don't have these central contracts they have that you know they actually incentivize you to play international cricket with with money um and then mm-hmm. allow you to go off and play in yep, you know in, in the really really big ticket events from a from a earnings perspective yeah i think it's interesting watching those two play at the moment they look like they have the weight of the world off their shoulders. Yeah, they're having so you know, much fun. They're having fun playing cricket. And it's an interesting thought when you think about it that, you know, these guys were going around doing 270 days on the international circuit playing mm. three formats. Why wouldn't you just, you know, maybe just go and play a little bit of white ball cricket, yep. play some franchise tournaments, hopefully after you've done your time on the international circuit. But it looks like a great time they're having. Mm. Yeah, you look Jealous at, of them. You look at Joe Root, who hasn't played a game yet um, for Rajasthan Royals. He he looks like he's having the absolute time of his life. He's got his family there. And I think we go back to this. He's the, got Yuvi Chahal to play with. That's yeah. why. And, and I think. Hang the, out with every the, day. The, the stresses of international cricket, you, you know, he's talked pretty openly about that. And I think in that COVID uh, year, so what would have that have been? 20, 2020, 2021. He had 305 out of 365 days in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you say, now just 
it looks so fun to be around yeah. that tournament and, and yeah uh, Faf and, and Trent living their best lives I reckon they just look, uh, Trent Bolt I think he's got three maidens this IPL that's yeah. incredible that's bowling incredible. yeah okay <laughs> hey 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 um, so can we, just, can we just like use some of those words there mercenaries maybe not yeah, poster look, boys. I, poster I, boys. Absolutely, I, I they think, are. Yeah, let, let's take the mercenaries out of the question, like out of that question, and and just say that I think the the point that Raj made that the guys are the guys are uh, they're a great advertisement for for actually just going out and mm. and you know isolating yourself to these certain formats and things because they're playing unbelievably well. You know, Faf, honestly, I, I, that feels like a it feels like a huge loss that he's not playing international cricket because yeah. he's just. Like you say, he was coming to the end of his international career, but the way he's batting, like he could, he could walk. Oh, he's still got some, Yeah, he's still yeah. got some time in the same. He's got ten years left playing twenty twenty cricket. I mean, he's just destroying. You know, they're twelve for two yesterday. And he's just smashing Shand- uh, Sandeep Sharma out of the park. It's amazing. Can, can we just talk about that for a second? Because, like, for for Trent, it's probably more likely that he would get picked to go to the World Cup for New Zealand. I I I don't know if oh, there's still a hundred. Like, I'm still hundred percent confident. Injury aside, he's at that work. Yeah, okay, cool. Other people great, don't agree, right? but which is great. I think so. Faf, if he doesn't go, is a little disappointing. But it would be it would be great to see him play wow. for South Africa. I think it makes them a better team. I think he's retired. I think he's. Oh, I, know, I know he. I know yeah. he is. But I think it would be great. I think it would be good for South Africa that he'd make them a better team. Wouldn't it be great if the cricket schedule had less international tournaments and they meant more, like they were a little bit more scarce, like the football World Cup and the Olympics, and you actually went okay. I'm going to I'm going to do my contract schedule around the World Cup in 2027 mm. or around the World Cup in 2025, and I want to pick my side and make sure that we've got the right players in our team for that. And these guys are going, yeah, okay, cool. I can play club cricket. I can do all this franchise stuff. But I know that I want to peak for the 2025 World Cup or, or the 2027 World Cup. That would be awesome, rather than having to have a World Cup every year. It's almost what I mean, we got right now. And the way you're talking about it almost makes me think of rugby, right? So you have the the Rugby World Cup every four years. There's only the one form, you know, I guess the sevens as well, but the main yep. format that the, the guys who play 15s and the, and the girls who play 15s, although it's a bit more, you know, and the, the, a bit more mixed in the, the women's game. But the men's game in particular, they target that, World Cup in, uh, in the fifteens format every four years. They take sabbaticals away. They go away and they, you know, they might yeah. play, take a couple of years. You think about someone like Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, who's come from rugby league to target for a very small amount of time to go. Okay, I want to try and make the All Blacks for the Rugby World Cup for this, you know, twenty twenty three World Cup or and, a Lions tour, yeah, or a Lions tour yeah. or whatever it is, and then and then they go away and do something else. And and yeah, cricket. I, I think the fact that. That these T20 World Cups coming in have kind of thrown all of that because yeah. if they weren't there, you'd still have that cycle with the ODI World Cups, and then players could maybe go away and play two years of T20 franchise cricket and then come back. Even if they were every two years, I think we would still have that. Yeah, like it. we would still have that World Cup 20, 2020 World Cup, fifty over World Cup every couple of years. People would be building towards one or the other, yeah. right? And so, I think it means there's less cricket going on from an international perspective. That means. You, yeah, that, that t- window. T- T20 is the golden goose, isn't it? Across whether mm. it's international or domestic or franchise tournaments right now. So, mm. a four year cycle for ICC T20 World Cups just doesn't work. It's got to be every two years. I- I'd just say get rid of all bilateral white ball cricket. 
Um, so literally, let, let's actually go onto a cycle where we've got World Cups every couple of years. So yes, th- th- you know, there's maybe you split them. I don't know. Th- th- I'm not going to sort of suggest the schedule, but I think if you had a, a world tournament every couple of years, whether it was uh, 50 over or 20 over, certainly 20 over, I think needs to be more frequent than every four years. Ditch the bilateral stuff. Let them tune up playing as much high stakes franchise cricket as you like. I reckon you'd actually get better deals from a royalties and a TV perspective for those ICC T20 World mm-hmm. Cups with the franchise cricket providing the shop window for that. And then I think you'd also then allow what we're all talking about, which is more test cricket to be able to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we bemoan this in terms of the World Test Championship. Raj and I were talking about this on the way up. You, you, it isn't a real World Test Championship where you don't play everybody and you don't get mm. to test yourself over long series in, in all conditions. That would open the schedule up. Um, and I've got to be honest, I know you will know because you're an absolute badger, but <laughs> I can't actually remember the last 50 over series England played. Um, and it wasn't that lo- long ago. Oh, didn't you play Australia? Pakistan, win there in Pakistan. But what I'm yeah, saying is exactly, I can't... Yeah, I can't yeah. That's I, the point. Right? I that's can't point. remember. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, if you ask me to name the side, I reckon I'd really struggle. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, and that says a lot, I think, about it. With you know, four absolute cricket nerds, um, and you know, and sometimes we can't remember that the international cricket, certainly bilateral yeah. cricket, that our teams have played outside of big test series. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all for that. I, I love that idea. The only question that kind of jumped into my head when you were saying all of that is, how do you qualify? Like, they'd have to come up with some sort of football World Cup kind of scenario where you're, where you're playing qualifying tournaments or playing and that's fine. friendly games. They'll figure something out. That's fine. But, yeah. but, but there's there's something on each game then, right? There's some jeopardy involved. There's something you're playing which, for. Which they something. have sort of put in with... They but, have. But it, yeah, it's but, too, too many games. Well, but too, this is where your India A thing comes in, right? They play all the qualifiers. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I that, like the tri-series. You know, the old... What are they? The Carlton and United yeah. Yeah. tri-series, quad series. The, the 2020's questionable sponsor... Series. <laughs> yes, yes. But still, those were exciting. They I were. The cricket that. was exciting. Much better than a bilateral series. Exactly. Okay. Uh, all right. We better move on. I can hear people's tummies rumbling around the table. <laughs> the uh, We've got one here from Tim, who's a Kiwi living in Madrid. I don't think that's his last name, but maybe just some extra information. <laughs> he just wants to know, uh, does Shimron Hickmeyer have the best hair in the IPL? Yes. <laughs> to answer your no from before, yes, he does. He He's up there with the likes of Chris Gale, Carl Bulfin, and, and uh, <laughs> Michael Clark's Frosted Tips from back in the day. He, he, he's got great hair to hear. What, what do we call it? Um, it's 1992 Will Smith. I love it. It's, it's, mm. it's really good. I like his, his hair. Well, have you seen Marcus Smart in the NBA? He's gone green for the oh, yes. yeah, so playoffs. Yeah, for the playoffs. Yeah. So I so think. So would he be the gold? We call Shimron Hitmeyer the gold cap of hairdos <laughs> in the IPL. Fair enough. I like that. Yeah. Are, are there any other candidates? I was trying to think about this. The only other. I, I, I do quite like Suya Sharma, uh, KKA, the, KKR, the mystery yeah. spinner. I like mm. what he's going on with his hair. I don't tend to pay a lot of attention to hair. Does does Rahul Chahar still have the, the braids in? I think we. I think we. I've just seen Binks's face. For anyone who's not watching live, yeah, Binks's face just kind of curled up. The, into the only me, the only time I mention Rahul Chiraha is my wife thinks he's very attractive. Okay. Um, particularly with the braids in. So I've often thought about you know 
getting right. the braids just to <laughs> just to see if I, I can th- get a bit more Jahar like. I think it's absolutely time to move on, isn't it? I think, if, but but if we if we can get Baldy into some braids, yeah, for, so for next week's podcast, so that would please be- do like and subscribe <laughs> to the channel. Pop a comment in if you want to see Baldy with braids next week. Yeah. Okay. There's the three questions left I've got here. So lead who's at Borker Path on Twitter asks. Who are some surprising young standouts and who are some young players you want to see more of in this IPL? Oh, great question. Well, sorry, see more from. So young players that have done well and young players that have not done so well. This one is one uh, that came in late, so you guys haven't prepped for. No, not (laughs) at all. (laughs) Initially, I kind of thought of the first kind of people that came to mind for me was Rinku Singh, Mm -hmm. obviously performing incredibly well, doing another score for KKR overnight. But another one was... Uh, I mean, Surya Sharma, who I just mentioned as well, mm-hmm. looks looks a real talent. But Nur Ahmad, a re- you know, a- Afghani player, getting yes. an opportunity. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he's only like seventeen or eighteen, very yeah. very young. I mean, and we talked about that in the preview, didn't we? We thought it was well. I thought it was really good, so I'll give myself a shout out. Oh, well, that they've got Rashid Khan, and mm. obviously, I think that that's going to help him. You know, in that environment, um, and he looked brilliant. I think last night, night yeah, before, yeah, 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 had a really, really good game. So yeah, really yeah. like the look of him. And bowling important overs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, actually, like giving given responsibility and stuff. So yeah, um, it's not a particularly groundbreaking, uh, you know, younger player to watch. Um, but I watched Cameron Green last night, and that gave me nightmares. Um, in terms of this upcoming Ashes, mm-hmm. he absolutely well he's just a better version of Mitch Marsh like he can like he can bat he can smash it he can bowl it quick he, Mitch Marsh is doing has done well in the last two years I'm yeah. excited by that he was yeah he, he looked like Flintoff on steroids yeah. um, for, for that inning so I, I am very very worried about him um, particularly if we good. produce these flat pitches in the uh, in the ashes good uh, I like Yash Dool so he's the 20-year-old. I think mm. he started in the Under-19 World Cup a couple of years ago. He's now playing for Delhi. Yeah, like he's still only 20, but his last five bats, okay, he's got one and two, but he had a 50, he had a 70 in, um, in the kind of rest of India versus Pradesh. So he's making runs in, in first-class level. Mm. But he's only got two games for the, for the Caps, and he's only got like one and two. So I would like to see more from him because he's a tremendous talent. Yeah, the, the player that I actually thought I wanted to see more from is... Um, it's Finn Allen. I, I mean, I, and I, I know, and that's not in a. He's not performing. That's in a. We never see him. Mm. And and you know, I again, I think I said it last week. This would have been a great tour for him to be in in Pakistan. It would. I, there's sort of only so long I think that you can be in the IPL and sit on the sidelines and never get a chance. I think you know he he has been surely soaking up a lot, being around Faf, being around Virat, all of those kind of guys it's sort of now time for him to get an opportunity. I don't know how he's ever going to get one yep. in that star-studded lineup with Faf and Maxwell and, and those kind of guys. But yeah, I would just love to see him get a crack and see what he can do at, at, at that level. Okay, quick couple of quick ones to finish. Sachin from Mumbai asks, when is Arjun Tendulkar going to make his international debut? Well, he's made his first-class debut. I like the look of him. I like the look of him with up the top with the new ball. He looks to be a little bit dangerous. Might have to work on coming back in the later overs, I think. Mm-hmm. Who was it who put him for 31? Uh, he went ear miles, as Binksy would say, at the end there. But I, I, do we know what he can do with the bat? There's been talk that good he's pedigree. an all-rounder. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fairly good pedigree. But yeah, I haven't look. I haven't seen it, so I don't don't no don't can't really answer that question. Yeah, we talked about it earlier on, didn't we? I think um, India not shy of blooding players. I think 
Um, I, I just wonder whether or not that the family name um, makes them be potentially a bit more cautious than they would be if he wasn't a Tendulkar. Because I think that that puts a lot of pressure on a on a young player, doesn't it? And it I think um, even you know even even making his IPL debut um, and playing in a you know a team where I think is Sachin still a, a mentor or you know he's still got some still official, yep. some official role. You know you, you've got to be um, you know, you've got to be good enough not to get the the nepotism call, mm. um, as uh, one of our friends w- would definitely say. Um, so look, I, I I just wonder whether they might exercise a little bit of caution the Indian selectors. I hope they do because I would like to see him do what Natarajan did, did, has done, what uh, Sivir Varun did when he got into the Indian side, like bash the door down for a couple of years, take lots yeah. and lots of wickets and go, I am going to demand to be picked over multiple years and I'm going to force you to pick me rather than him picking, getting picked on potential. Because in the Indian side, there are 45 players that could easily yeah. go and play in the World Cup. And do they really need to pick anyone on potential? No, they don't. I would I would like to see him perform consistently and, and, and really bash the door down and earn his spot. Well, and look, look, he's, so he's, he's, taken, away, he's taken two wickets in this tournament, yeah. average of 41, economy rate of 10.5. Yeah, yeah. let, let, let's not get carried what, away. What, yeah. what I hope doesn't happen is him being two years away from being two years away for most of his career. You know what I yes. mean? I, I hope that he does have a lot of success because there will be a lot of pressure on him, as you say, because of his pedigree. Mm. I will say, though, that, that overall where he did get smashed a little bit, it, you could see that he was thinking about different plans. Mm. The Yorker, the wide Yorker, the slower, slower half volley I guess volley's not great but mm. slower one he just didn't mm. quite execute mm-hmm. um, but yeah he is thinking about it so you know maybe maybe one day we'll see him the talent is definitely there isn't it mm-hmm. and, and look this is a good one to finish from Travis from Auckland uh, at the halfway point of the competition we all made our predictions at the start yeah. of the comp now let's name our finalists so I'll tell you what for bonus points if anyone can name the four that they had in the preview show and then how that's different. I'm looking at this table. Let's just say it's finalists. I can't name four semi-finalists. Oh, we're just doing... Pick your two two teams that are going to be in the final. Baldy, you're the furthest away. All right, okay. Well, CSK and Rajasthan. I think they've started to separate themselves. And if CSK can continue on this run, they've got enough talent. I still think Rajasthan wins. Gujarat, Rajasthan. So you're sticking with... I think you had that at the start, didn't you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not changing. I still think that the Knight Riders and the Indians will make the, the final four oh, as okay. well. So <laughs> Knight Riders are going to have to go on a hell of a run, though. I'll, I'll, I want to see that. Yeah, well, they've got Jason Roy and Dre Ross, okay, so good. no Stop. problems. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with what I feel like are the form players and maybe the form teams, uh, CSK and um, RCB. Oh, I like that you're sticking with RCB. Look, I've got I've got the Royals and Gujarat down on my piece of paper as well. Reverse of last year's final, I, I was uh, repeat of last year's final. I do think again it will be a reverse result, but I yeah, I, I Rajasthan's actually the one I'm less confident on now. Just the way the last few games are going, I I, I still feel like Gujarat kind of has all the pieces there. Rashid Khan, Hardy Pandya, David Miller, you know, all, all yeah. Shubman Gill, they're, mm. they're just. They're just a very, very good side, Gujarat, and they seem very professional. The way they go about everything is very, very impressive. CSK probably is the one that I do have my eye on to, to spoil this party as much mm. as I would like I the Sunrisers to just go on this challenge. I did not have them in my four at the start of the season. They have surprised me. Awesome. Well, boys, I think that does just about wrap up this episode. 
for any new listeners, please don't hold against us the fact that three out of the four people on this podcast have just completely changed their minds based on their predictions <laughs> at the start. We're not all that fickle on the Top Order podcast, but do stay tuned. We'll be back with more IPL next week um, on the Top Order podcast. If you are at a loose end and want to d- dip into the back catalogue, please do so. We've got some cracking interviews from IPL coaches, actually, um, and IPL players from uh, yesteryear and even the current crop as well um, in the back catalogue. So do go back and dip into that or find is at www.thetoporderpodcast.com. Do subscribe and like on the YouTube channel or give us a share and recommend the podcast to a friend, family member or colleague. It really helps others find the podcast. But for now, it is good night and good bless from us all here in Auckland. We'll see you next week on the Top Order Podcast. Good night. Good night.